and welcome to a very snoozy episode of the Autistic <laughs> Experience, your one-stop shop podcast for neurodivergent news, guinea pigs, guinea pigs, plants, guinea pigs, wine bottles, cheese, and something else. You're looking around the room again? Yep. <laughs> New episodes come out every Sunday at noon British time, and while you're not listening to this, you can go follow us on Instagram at the Autistic Experience for references to all of the new stories and events that we cover in each of our episodes. My name is Kieran, as always joined by Chloe. Hey! Hi! Now, why is it a snoozy episode? Well, <laughs> I have just had a quick power nap before recording this on our brand new sofa! Yay! And when I say brand new, I mean new to us. It is not new. No, because it's expensive. Uh, sofas are expensive, but this was not because we got it from the British Heart Foundation, which is mm-hmm. a charity shop here in the UK. Supporting charities. Hearts. Yes. Supporting hearts yes, and getting one. new sofas. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a whole... I mean, we may as well just hop straight into home news, really. I mean, home news. You know, uh, we'll get on to the, the news stories which have garnered our attention <laughs> uh, shortly but yeah we'll tell the story of how we got this old spanking new sofa yeah we've been wanting to try and get a new sofa for quite a long time now yeah i want to say here that i am quite particular with sofas mm-hmm. and the way they feel and so the sofa that we had already was not to my standards it was not comfortable no (laughs) it is the main thing but then obviously trying to find another sofa that was but that was also not like ugly (laughs) it's hard because you know like they're either too too upright or too firm or too squishy or springy or like there's just so much that could be wrong with i'm like i'm like the princess and the pea on a sofa i am like, if it's not quite right, or if there's, like, a tiny little bit of spring sticking out, I will find it. And then I will reject it. <laughs> yeah, we've been wanting a, to get a, a replacement sofa for quite a long time now. So we went, you know what? How about we actually have a look and go get a, a sofa? So I had a look yeah. online and found that the British Art Foundation actually do furniture in a couple of shops close to us. And we had some extra money for Christmas, so you had some present money. I had a little job bonus. Yeah. Shout out, Dad. Mm-hmm. Christmas present so far. Yeah. And so, yeah, we went down to the, the local shop and we had a had a look. There were quite a few fairly nice sofas, some which were a bit more expensive than we were looking for, uh, some which were, as you said, you know, didn't feel right. There was some which felt quite plasticky, <laughs> quite nasty. Yeah. Uh, there were some which weren't comfortable enough. There were some which yep. were too soft. Or like if you get the ones that have that horrible kind of velvety feeling fabric on them that I can't touch because it gives me sensory problems mm-hmm. <laughs> and makes me actually physically cringe. But eventually we found the one we're sitting on now. But we, we kind of uh, remembered it. We took a photo of it. We were like, okay, we'll remember this one. Because there was actually a second shop. Yeah. A couple of miles away. So we, 
we went, okay, you know, we've done our first bit of research. Let's go to the other one, see if there's anything decent in there. There were some very nice ones in the second one. Yeah, but they're... But they were all more expensive (laughs) for some reason. Yeah. So we were like, well, you know, it's it's getting cold, it's getting dark. Let's head back. That was the day we saw that big Asda lorry on fire. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Beach shown on Manchester Evening News, Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it. (laughs) Driver was okay. Contents, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> contents no longer exist. No. Contents, well, they do exist. They've just been transferred into the atmosphere. <laughs> Lovely. That's what we like, isn't mm. it? So we went home after that and went, okay, you know, th- there's no rush. And then we left it about four days, five days, something like that. Yeah, about that. And then we kind of went, well, we've got a, we've got a spare day. How about we head back? Uh, so we went back to the, the same... British Art Foundation shop to try and get this. And then when we walk in, we were like, it's not where it was. Yeah. So it's gone. It's gone. No. no. <laughs> they just moved it. Yeah. It never had a shift around here. It was somewhere else. But I think that was enough to say, actually. I think we both, <laughs> we both <laughs> settled on that one. Yeah, I think we were kind of looking for that. Yeah, and we both panicked a little bit when we saw it wasn't there anymore. Well, we were both slightly disappointed anyway. <laughs> but luckily, uh, we we found it a bit further into the shop. Yes. And it had actually been reduced in price. Yay! But since the, the five days since. I had to pay quite a lot in delivery, though, because, you know, it's not going to fit in the back of the car. Yeah. Or <laughs> smashing it on the roof or something. Yeah, that like. would have been been like mr bean <laughs> yeah but i mean it had been reduced by more or less what the delivery was so it's yeah. not too bad bargain yeah I'm very so, pleased with this. so we paid for it in cash which must have looked very weird yeah the guy did say to me like just you know you can re- return it and get a refund within 28 days but just be aware that we don't normally necessarily have this much cash in the till that's <laughs> <laughs> all right we don't have this much cash in our wallets <laughs> yeah i know but yeah, we pay for it, and three days later, today as we're recording, uh, it got delivered. Yay! Yay! And it went up the stairs, through the doors, and straight down the hall, absolutely perfectly. Like butter on a crumpet. fresh piece of toast. Oh, yeah, right. Like butter on a crumpet. That's yeah. better. <laughs> butter on a crumpet, sliding down an Olympic curling track. <laughs> exactly like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> no normal analogies here folks i mean it is accurate though yeah. like it, it went it came in quite nice mm. <laughs> so these are the things you appreciate yeah. when you get to make sure you measure sofas yeah take a tape measure with you Measure your door widths. Do you want to mention the other the other story briefly? Oh, or? I mean, uh, we we got a Costco membership sorted. Yeah. Woo. And you got one which you've been obsessed with for ever. Yes, I like Costco a lot. I also bought half a kilo of crisps. You did. Truffle crisps. Mm-mm-mm. And some meatballs. Yes. The thing I don't understand, though, is that you'd think that Costco, being the way it is, would be quite stressful because it's really big. It's not particularly well signposted or organised. Like, there's a lot of people just wandering around with massive trolleys, but I really like Costco. I wonder why Costco doesn't stress me out as much as, like, 
Aldi or something. The Aldi in the Arndale centre oh yeah, is, is much worse than that. I think probably because everything's so big and so novelty, that kind of distracts me from the yeah the things that bother me. <laughs> I just enjoy mm. exploring. <laughs> but then also we had uh, one of the hot dogs. We did, yeah. Having a nice £1.50 hot dog yeah. and soda. Yes, we will probably update you with any more Costco adventures as we go. Yes. Any mega purchases. But for the time being, anyway, I think we should probably actually, you know, get on with the actual podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because it's getting kind of late. So how this show normally works is that we have a look at some of the news stories which have grabbed our attention over the last week, which are either about neurodivergent folk, written by neurodivergent folk, or have been written for neurodivergent folk, which... Come to think of it, neurodivergent folk is probably one very interesting genre of music. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have a look at three articles today. The first one was published on Women's Agenda, which is an online site. <laughs> ah, yes. I'm not sure how to describe it sometimes. It's womensagenda.com.au. And it's called How Autistic Burnout Ignited My Passion for Creating Inclusive Workplaces. So it's effectively a personal story from the author who is a very high up engineer. Yeah. Who, unbeknownst to her, was experiencing quite severe burnout. Yeah. And then ended up being unable to work for six months due to it. It was only then that she got diagnosed as both autistic and ADHD. Yeah. And she's rather found out the hard way that disclosing that to employers has ended up not great Yeah, for her. Because let, let me find a bit of a quote here. Uh, she says that she went for you know, an interview with some people, a role that she was definitely qualified for, probably too qualified for at the time. And you know, she told them about her diagnoses and the quote she's written from them is, "How can you lead people if you're autistic?" <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a bit of a shocking one to read. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the stereotypes of being autistic and ADHD are still very much alive and kicking. Yeah, and either you you know disclose your diagnoses and you get ridiculed or you don't get the job. Mm -hmm. Because people just don't want to deal with it because they think they know what it's like and uh, they don't. Yep. Or you don't disclose it and you have massive issues. Yeah, it was like lack of support. Yeah, lack of support, no, you know, reasonable accommodations or anything. Yep. And then stuff starts to go wrong. Yeah. It's a bit of a no-win situation. Kind of a shame, but um, this person, I think this is, yeah, this is in Australia. Uh, this person has set up. Uh, what she's called the Safe Space Collective, which I think is kind of uh, a thing to help businesses in Australia implement support for neurodivergent people in kind of a day-to-day. -day. Yeah, but I think it's good that it's being delivered to the employers rather than anyone else because I think, you know, anyone that is neurodivergent knows that they struggle with 
work and employment on the whole. So kind of we don't need to be told any more about <laughs> what to do. So it's actually the employers and the, the people in charge of hiring and being responsible for, you know, neurodivergent employees that need to be taught about it. <laughs> yeah, well, imagine if they kind of did that. I mean, I'm sure this people still do that, but like with like physical disabilities. Yeah. If they're like, oh, we don't want to employ you because we don't want to put a ramp in. <laughs> well, we'd have to fix the lift, so. Yeah. I mean, it probably does happen, but you're right. Dude. I'm sorry, like, no one wants to learn sign language. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's more shocking when it's a visible thing, isn't it? Yeah. As as we've said before, as we all know. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing to get out there because... You know, this the person who wrote this is very, like you said, very qualified, very experienced in the field, and yet is being rejected from jobs just because of being autistic. That needs to not happen yeah. <laughs> because otherwise you're you're turning away potentially really valuable people just on something that's not really relevant or important, to be honest. <laughs> If you want to have a read of that article yourself, you can go to our Instagram page at The Autistic Experience and go find the little post we have for this week's episode and information will be on that. <laughs> but we'll shift on to the second article for today. It's an interesting one. This is from clinicaltrialsarena.com and it's the news that Neurosigma, which is sort of a wearable treatment for ADHD yeah. uh, has been given the green light from the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration in the United States, to do two clinical trials by the end of 2024. So you're going to get a lot of very scientific words coming at you right now. <laughs> so Neurosigma, it's a, let's say it together, folks, it's an external trigeminal nerve stimulation system. That was easier than I thought, actually. <laughs> so it works, it says, by delivering mild electrical impulses to the trigeminal nerve, which is a major cranial nerve, brain nerve, involved in various sensory functions. It's kind of designed to take the place of uh, medication. Mm. So from what I can tell, it acts as like a stimulant, you know, in place of chemical stimulants, by just doing little... Electrical impulses just to go, bzz, bzz, go, 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 just yeah. to keep it. I'm not sure how it would how it would work on the more hyperactive ADHD. Yeah, I mean that that would be something interesting, I suppose, for them to but investigate. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they've you know got it sorted because they've, <laughs> they've got clinical trials. Yeah, yeah, coming up. But I think yeah, it would be very interesting to see how it works or if it works properly. Yeah. Definitely. Because I think especially with the ADHD medication shortage, which is still raging on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> having some sort of wearable option, that seems like a real step forward. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily have gaps between it. And it's probably easier to remember or like schedule than having to, if you've got someone with ADHD, having to try and remember to take their medication. Yeah, But also... It just sounds like it's really non-invasive at all. It doesn't put anything 
in your body. If it's just electrical impulses, then you're not putting anything in your body that could kind of upset other things or so yeah. I mean if it works it sounds like it would be it would be really good for treating and kind of reducing side effects from treatment as well I mean give it a couple of years maybe up till 2030 we might be able to see a, a wearable ADHD treatment by be... then they might have sorted the, <laughs> the medication <laughs> yeah. but... I don't know I doubt it but <laughs> that would be pretty cool to see Uh, the third story we're going to cover today is from North Edinburgh News, which is NEN.press. <laughs> uh, the title is Autism Initiative Strides into Seventh Year of Walk for Autism Challenge. Now, that is a headline that doesn't actually make sense. <laughs> so, I'll paraphrase. Every year they do a Walk for Autism, which is basically a charity sort of a thing where they do a big walk. And people give them money to do so. And then that money goes to help various different autism charities and schemes throughout uh, the country. So it says, The annual campaign invites participants from up and down the country to walk 10,000 steps a day wherever they choose. Walk for Autism takes place across eight days, setting off on March the 26th and finishing on World Autism Awareness Day, which is April the 2nd. Now, I think... We mentioned it last, it might have been last year, or maybe I saw something online, but it's a good thing that World Autism Day is on April the 2nd. Yeah. Because if it was on April the 1st, that's just mean. <laughs> Can you really, imagine? Considering like one of the things on the, the autism test is, are they able to understand jokes? Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit of a cruel, cruel <laughs> thing. Going, hey, autism, you're cool. April Fool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says last year, uh, 5,000 people took part and they raised £480,000. Pretty good. Uh, totaling 160 million steps. Oof. Registrations, I'm, I'm just scrolling past a load of oh, people's quotes. Yeah. Because people say things. Blah, 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 it was blah, blah, blah. yeah, that article was. <laughs> it's written a bit, um, a bit weirdly. I think isn't it with just breakages in between yeah, everything much. and adverts and things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the whole thing is it's a campaign led by a Liverpool-based charity, Autism Initiatives Group, and registrations open tomorrow. In fact, the twenty-second of January. Ooh. And if you want to get involved with that. You can go to, you know what, just go to autisminitiatives.org. I was quite inspired after reading it to think about giving it a go myself because I think it's it's one of these things that's really good for giving you a reason to go out and do the thing. Mm. So, like, I would love to be more active, but it's really hard to just make yourself get out of the house. And so, you know, if you could raise money... But then also use it to get yourself out and be active because you kind of have to <laughs> because mm. that's what people have donated for. Then, you know, you can you can kind of benefit from that as well. And for, for us neurodivergent people, the incentive to go out and walk and the almost the need to because you've kind of, you know, you kind of have to 
Like, that's really useful. <laughs> well, here's an incentive for you. If you raise £20, then they will send you a T-shirt. Hey. Yeah, I reckon I saw that and I thought I could probably raise £20. Like, like I'll donate £20 to you. Yeah, you donate yeah. £20 to me. We both get a T-shirt. Yeah. I'm sure, like, I could get some family members to donate a couple of quid, but <laughs> I'll I'll raise exactly £20 and then that is it. They're like, oh, you raised just enough for a T-shirt. I'm like, oh, funny that, isn't Oh, it? wow. wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you want to get involved with that, you can either go to the Autism Initiatives website or you can probably just Google Walk for Autism 2024. That's our the stories we're going to be having a look at. We're just going to zoom through the events which are coming up uh, in this next week because we probably spent too much time talking about Costco earlier on. And sofas. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, coming up Monday the 22nd, so this is tomorrow, it's the Autism Group Support and Discussion Group hosted by Improving Lives, and this is in Clydebank, which I believe is in Scotland. Uh, I, I already had a look. It's just to the northwest of Glasgow, I think. Oh, it's up towards Loch Lomond. Nice. Oh. Um, we don't know, have time for the singing. <laughs> so this runs between three and five in the afternoon, and they basically do it every other Monday. So if you don't get to this one, then they're coming at you thick and fast like a... <laughs> Milkshake on roller skates. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Then, coming up on the 23rd, so Tuesday, this is happening at Conway Hall, which is somewhere, Red Iron Square in London. Oh, so not Conway. <laughs> not Conway, no. <laughs> Just what they'd expect. Yeah. Uh, this is Unmasked Neurodivergence and Comedy, uh, running between... Half past six and eight o'clock, but doors open at 6.15. So this is kind of a discussion between neurodivergent comedians Joe Wells, who we've mentioned before on the podcast, and Victoria Melody. And I imagine they're going to be doing a little bit of jokes, but it's not a stand-up stand-up. It's mm. more of a discussion between them about how neurodivergent people and comedy mix, basically. Yeah. I think, weirdly enough, comedy is one of those things where there are more neurodivergent people than aren't. I think it's one of the things that kind of suits the brain a bit more than other things, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, comedy is based on setting up expectations and then subverting them. Yeah. So if, you, if, you, if you've got one of those brains, like Sam Campbell, for instance, <laughs> yeah. you think you know where something's going and then it just goes off in a completely different way. Yeah. And that surprises what comedy is. Yeah. And you can be weird and it's fine. Yeah. You can basically <laughs> be yourself and people accept you for it. Yeah. Which is the dream. Isn't it? <laughs> so it says it's recommended for 16 plus. This is ages, not party groups. <laughs> If you buy tickets in person, then it's £9. But if you buy it online, it's £6. Details for that are on conwayhall.org.uk. And also, I think uh, it's streaming as well, so it's going to be a virtual event. Mm, so even if funky. you can't make it in person, you can watch it online. Yeah, that might be interesting to pick up a bit of, if we can. Yeah, maybe. Do a bit of a chat about it. 
<laughs> then on the 24th, so Wednesday, we've got three in a row. Three days in a row. Whoa, Look at that. Keeping you busy. Mm. Uh, this is a relaxed, autism-friendly performance of Robin Hood, the pantomime. Whoop. Happening at the Crack Theatre. It's either Collisland. Probably Collisland. <laughs> it's spelt Coal Island. I don't know what you want me to do with that information, but but it's in County Tyrone. It's probably pronounced Coal Island, isn't it? Not Coal Island. Yeah, maybe. It's one word. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> probably them. Certainly not me. Yeah, not probably, me, probably them. them. So uh, it starts at 7.30. Uh, ticket prices are £6 with an extra little booking fee. But it says, uh, for this performance, technical changes will be made. These include quieter music, reducing loud or surprising sound effects, and the house lights are faintly dimmed but remain on. And there will also be a re relaxation area in the foyer of the theatre. Nice. Yeah. I like the sound of that. So uh, tickets are available online at crackartscentre.co.uk, spelt the Irish way. Yeah, not... Not C R A C K. Not the drugs way. <laughs> the Irish way. I was thinking, I was thinking bum, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. Not the bum way, the Irish way. <laughs> not the bum way. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to see more autism friendly performances of, of things. Yeah. I think it would be worth going, if there is one around, like nearby us, it'd be worth going to one just to see what it's like. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to go to a non, like, sensory-friendly one and then yeah. compare it to the sensory-friendly one and well, see how we, different it is. I think we've been to plenty of non-sensory-friendly uh, performances Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> so we know what they're going to be like. Maybe. <laughs> but I do think it would be interesting doing an actual comparison between the two. Yeah. Can you imagine? I've been thinking about a sensory-friendly version of Hamilton. <laughs> like... I don't know if that would be possible. <laughs> I think just turning the volume down a little bit will do it. <laughs> That's not a discussion for now. <laughs> so those are the events we picked out. There are, of course, more things going on around the UK, but those are our favourites for this upcoming week, or at least the most interesting ones. Next week, of course, we'll have even more events, more stories to look at, and probably more weird things that have gone in in our life <laughs> that definitely we can, we can talk about definitely weird things <laughs> as always if you want to uh, follow us on instagram you are more than welcome our page is at the autistic experience and you can find references to all the stories and events we've covered in this week's episode but yeah i think that's it we'll leave you to it have a good one I've been Kieran, she's been Chloe, and if you just happen to be in the vicinity of a Costco and you find £1.50 on the floor, you know what that is. That's a free lunch. <laughs> you go get it. <laughs> <laughs>